Hi, we're Chelsea and Michael. And this is the Coffee with Creators podcast. Think of it as hanging out with your buddies as we chat about content creation, social media, and life in general as creatives. So grab your favorite drink and welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Coffee with Creators. How are you, Michael? I'm good, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. It's a little late here. It's already dark there. What time is it in San Diego? It is currently 3.47 p.m., so it's actually getting a little darker now. Oh, yeah, because of the yeah. winter and the time change. That's yeah, exactly. Fun. But it's uh, the, the good thing is it's it's not as hot anymore. It's actually That's pretty good. cold. I mean, considering where we live, so Southern California, and it's... Uh, you know, you know how it is. It, it, I like say it's cold. High. Yeah, it's like 60s, yeah. low 70s. <laughs> yeah, I getcha. Yeah. It's uh, freezing here. We were not prepared for the winter weather yesterday. It was like 32 and we took our son to the bus stop and he's like, mommy, I'm cold. I'm like, oh my God, it's like 30 degrees. We should probably get you a bigger jacket. And he's out there and just like a little pullover. So parenting awards go to my husband and I, but <laughs> Anyways, we have a very special guest, and I am super excited. Do you yeah. want to go ahead and announce our guest? Yeah, um, but before we do, maybe we should kind of preface this, right? So maybe this that guest that we're ha we have today is a creator. It's a content creator, but he said the he's ultimate. kind of... ultimate. He's the ultimate content creator. I would creator. say yes. <laughs> I would say yes. He's, he has a tangible product. <laughs> he does have a tangible product, and that's why he's so special in, in the sense that, you know, we it, normally when we have someone here... It's, we're basically the same, um, like we create content online, right? Like mm -hmm. videos, photos. This person actually has a physical product. He and that's very impressive. He has show for it. He's, <laughs> yeah. He has a real job. Unlike, he has a real job, like yeah. Us. He's a real grown-up. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to the podcast, Caleb Wojcik. Hi, Caleb. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, hello. And you were talking about weather here in San Diego. And yeah, it, it hits like low 60s and i put on like sweaters and wool socks and stuff yeah. like that i've gotten weak I, I grew up in the midwest and used to like walk to class in my sandals and snow and stuff in college oh but God. now i'm i'm weak yeah yeah <laughs> same same for my husband and i we moved uh, to georgia from oahu and so year round i mean for five years we were in shorts and t-shirts our kids both you know from our son was one when we moved there and then he was six when we moved away and so he never had to wear a winter jacket or a hat or nothing. And then our daughter, of course, was born there. So she had never experienced anything like that either. And then we get here and it's like 30 degrees. They're like, what is this? What's going like, on? They just don't understand, you know. But yeah, it's we we are weak, too, because we have to really bundle up when it's like even probably 60 degrees, too. So well, that's OK. We get the perfect weather anyway. So, you know, yeah. I'll be weak any day for this weather. I'll right. just say you guys that, are so. lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Caleb, um, would you would you like to give um, the listeners a little background as to who you are and what your product actually is? I didn't want to spoil it. You know, I kind of want to no, yeah. do that little thing. But yeah. Yeah. So for the past six plus years, I've been running a video production company here in San Diego. Um, I film a lot of like talking head videos. So online courses, interviews, events, things like that. Um, but I've also on the side, you know, been doing some YouTube content as well. Uh, a lot of camera, photo, gear related type stuff, reviews and tutorials on how to do video editing or how to decide which camera to buy, stuff like that. Um, and one of my clients and I were at a video conference seeing everyone holding gorilla pods, like bendy style, like 
Casey Neistat yes. does, mm-hmm. um, and does. and vlogging and holding holding it out. And this was was like 2017 or so. Um, and I was like, there's gotta be a better way to hold your camera than to like bend this thing into the perfect shape and then not be able to set it down. And so, you know, we went through a lot of iterations of prototyping and and eventually launched on Kickstarter with our final prototyping idea and, and launched the SwitchPod, which is uh, the physical product you're talking about. There so yeah. that has taken up a lot of my time over the past couple of years as we got it off the ground and keep ordering more inventory and I'm trying to get us into more stores and do customer support with people all over the world and that sort of thing. So kind of do those three things. I make videos for clients. I run SwitchPod with my business partner, Pat Flynn. And then I also, when I have time, do like YouTube and podcast content too. That's awesome. That just, is awesome. Just right before you um, you you walked in the, the, this virtual room, Chelsea and I were actually just talking about it and we were saying, you know, I wonder where he got the inspiration from. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we really wanted to ask you was that, you know, were you also a content creator where you found this this problem? You know, like I myself relate to that a lot. Like I have a bunch of like these little tabletop tripods that I absolutely hate because if I, you know, if I needed to deploy it, I would have to unscrew the legs and just, you know, extend them or, you know, you know, flip a switch or something. And I know it sounds very much like a first world problem, but oh, it definitely well, is. A it definitely, yeah. it definitely is one hundred percent. But when you're in that moment, when you're trying to capture that specific content or whatever, time is of the essence. Like, and it really does mess your flow, right? It it just it just messes with everything, you know. So I've I've gone through a bunch of different things, and even the Gorilla Pod, which unfortunately I had the smaller one, and the legs kind of just like fell apart, and yeah. so I think I yeah. have. I yeah. have a horror story with the gorilla pod. I was on, I'm sure you've got, I think all, all of you have probably heard this story, but <laughs> I, I was, heard of this cause you were emailing with my wife and I she's did. like, you have to hear this story. Oh, about yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for the listeners, if you guys don't know, I was on the side of a cliff. I was getting a really cool time lapse while I was shooting some B roll on another camera and I had my cheaper, I mean, not really cheaper. It was like an ADD, a Canon ADD. I had it set up and I don't know if the gorilla pod was just like overused because I was constantly like manipulating it. And so I had it set up and I guess it was just not on uneven ground and one of the legs snapped off and the whole camera and everything went rolling down the cliff and into the ocean. And so from that point on, I refused to ever use a gorilla pod because I had like literal PTSD from it. Having to call your husband and tell him that you just sank $1,400 into the ocean is <laughs> never a fun thing. So. From that point on, I am like, when people ask me, like, what's a good travel tripod? I'm like, oh, there's a lot better ones than a gorilla pod. Don't go to that sucker. (laughs) Yeah, and I have, like, nothing against that as a product. I mean, they've sold over 10 million of those worldwide. Like, revolutionary design of having the legs be able to wrap around trees and to bend into the perfect shape and stuff like that. And my, my main issue with it when I was using it was, over time, the it was a bunch of like little beads. They would just weaken. Yes. So if you had a one of the cheaper ones, one of the ones that are rated for like a phone, over mm-hmm. time it would just kind of like droop down and mm-hmm. like the legs would just kind of splay out. Mm-hmm. And the same with the bigger ones, I feel like the the joints would just kind of pop out. And and it also was like just big and bulky to to hold it like Casey Neistat or whoever else is vlogging with a Gorillapod to have this big bulky thing like there's no way a kid could do that mm-hmm. there's no way you know like ergonomically that's makes any sense and then when you were saying you want to set it down michael it's like 
trying to get it like as a perfectionist where all of it, the balls are like in a perfect line exactly. of the three legs and just, you could never do it. And so that was like the core reason why we started working on SwitchPod was just something that's easy to hold and then quickly set it down. And mm -hmm. those were like the core two tenets of what we wanted and other features and things came out of, out of that and the engineer we worked with uh, kind of took that and ran with it. Right. That's when did awesome. you launch uh, SwitchPod again? Uh, the Kickstarter campaign was January 2019, and the original idea was around October 2017. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I saw, I remember when it kind of blew up all over social media, and everyone, like, because vlogging was a, such a, it's still, you know, relatively speaking, it's still the new thing, mm -hmm. but um, maybe, was it, I think, 2018, 2019, yeah, when vlogging was such a common thing now. Um every single creator that I was like following was talking about the switch pod. I'm like, where did this come from? Like that is kind of, that's kind of smart. You know, I think it was Peter McKinnon's video that I, that I saw yeah. first. Yeah. Cause uh, obviously it's Peter McKinnon. So everyone's seen that, but I thought it was a brilliant yeah, I mean, idea. There's yeah, there's definitely a story behind even how Peter McKinnon made a video about it on the first day of our Kickstarter campaign, which still blows me away. But we went back to that same conference where, you know, we were originally seeing everyone using Gorilla Pods and had the initial idea. And the very next year, we had basically our final prototype. We had one final prototype, and Peter was at the event also. And Pat and I both spoke at the event. We ended up going to like a, a go karting thing that all the speakers could go to. And it was like the last day of the event. And Peter came to that for a little bit. And we asked the founder of the event, uh, Daryl Eves, to give us an introduction and like one person to another. And we got maybe like five minutes talking with Peter mm -hmm. and showed it to him. And he was pretty excited about it. He wanted that one. It was our only one we had at the time. And so we paid about $1,500 to get a whole nother prototype machined and sent it to him. Just no expectations. Oh, wow. Um, and he got it a couple weeks before we were going to launch on Kickstarter. And he was like, dude, this thing's awesome. Thank you for sending it to me. Can I make a video about it? And until from, from that moment to when he posted the video, I didn't see the video or anything like that. So I didn't have any input, any feedback or anything. And he was so extremely generous to not only post a video about it, but how he fully disclosed that story and, and even, you know, talked about our Kickstarter campaign and things like that. And, um, you know, he, he had a custom link where he could recommend people to the Kickstarter campaign so we could see how much, you know, he impacted the campaign, which was a, a very large amount. Um, but it was funny that he and only two other people other than Pat and I posted videos about it that first day. But everyone's like, oh, everyone on YouTube is talking about this. And it was like, no, yes. it's just, everyone watches Peter. And that's why it seems like everyone is talking about it. But he had a very big impact on the campaign first thing. And I can't thank him enough. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how many people heard about it through him first. That's and still cool. do, honestly. What, what I appreciate, cool. Yeah, what I appreciate about that the most is it's, it's not like you guys had to push it. You know? you know what I mean? It's not like you guys had to really convince someone. Like, this is good. And... You know, I mean, you see this every day when there's a brand or a company that comes out with a product or whatever it is. They all they do is they saturate the market with, you know, just show it to everyone, give it to everyone for free. And, you know, hopefully it'll just catch fire. I mean, not literally, but um, I think it just felt like it, it was more organic. 
right? Like was, Peter yeah. definitely liked it. And then, you know, just that genuineness mm -hmm. came through his, uh, his yeah. messaging. And I think that's why it was so effective, but that, yeah, that's really cool. So, uh, thank you for sharing that story. That's really yeah, interesting. It was, it was a genuinely a good product and that's why Peter was so stoked about it. And then that's mm -hmm. why it was able to catch fire just from essentially his one video. Yeah. So I, I love products like that. I love when you don't have to push them and saturate the market so much with, you know, all of these insanely probably expensive videos and ad spaces and all of that. Like when you have a good product, it speaks for itself, which is great. I appreciate things like that. And not only that, like I feel like uh, there are way too many products out there who that in not necessarily solve a problem, but instead make a new problem that, you, you know, you it it convinces you that you have this problem and then this will solve it, right? The SwitchPod isn't. It's it's actually a, a problem that I've had. I just didn't know how to, I guess, word it, right? Like I couldn't explain to anyone like, I wish this tripod was easier to use. I'm like, how much easier can a tripod be? You know, it's a tripod, but if you use it so much, then you understand. And so, so Caleb, did, tell me about the, the design of the SwitchPod itself. Is it something that you had in mind or did you talk to an industrial designer or, you know, how did that come to be? So Pat and I actually hired a company that takes your idea and turns it into a physical product. Um, they're called Product, so the words proud and product put together. Okay. Um, and they were actually at that conference and one of the people that runs that company like walked up to us right when we had this initial idea. So it was kind of serendipitous how it all happened. Mm -hmm. um, but we hired them to just have some initial conversations with us about how to engineer whatever this thing was. And so we made some very crude drawings, not not like crude as in like inappropriate, just like horrible drawings because Pat and I are not artists. Um, just like the general shape of what it would be mm -hmm. and kind of maybe how it would work and you know the initial idea of having the three tripod legs collapse into a handle, those types of initial thoughts we kind of shared with an engineer and he had a little sheet that we filled out that was like, okay, what are the essential things it needs to do? What does it not need to do? What's your competition do or not do? You know, what do you want it made of or how strong do you want it? What kind of price point? Like all those types of things he took from us into that little one sheet mm -hmm. and filled it out. And then he started mocking things up in his, you know, 3D AutoCAD program and printing us out some 3D prints of different shapes and different features and things like that. And we did that for almost a year, you know, iterations of that, you know, starting with really cheap cardboard mm -hmm. cutouts of different shapes, working our way into 3D printing, working our way into having a, you know, piece of metal machined based on the drawings and, mm -hmm. you know, costs went up from there of like making all these prototypes. Yeah. Took That's about awesome. a year of developing the design. Yeah, That's crazy. I never really, mm -hmm you never think of, you know, the time and the production that goes into those types of things. Like when you're holding the product after you purchased it, like I know for me, I don't think like, oh, well, how did this start from cardboard or this, how yeah. did this start on a sheet of paper? So it's really cool getting a perspective from someone who has gone through this process and, you know, does that type of thing. So that's really cool. Did you, yeah, I mean, you always see the car commercials where there's a guy like with a clay model of the car, like shaving off just like a little fraction, yeah. you know, like that's just, 
you know, that's just marketing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah for but sure. But like someone did have to do that, but he probably wasn't as clean shaven and like yeah. had his hair. And he wasn't done. as dressed, um, like really nicely. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but, but like those types of things with physical products are so different from you know, like what I normally do, which is go set up a bunch of equipment, film somebody, edit it, you know, upload the file digitally, you know? Mm-hmm feels different to have a physical product that is made in another country and shipped to a warehouse right. and you can buy on Amazon. And it's, it's, it's a different business. It's a different beast. It has different profit margins, mm-hmm. but it also has a different kind of scale and a different kind of brand than just a video that I put out. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So I saw on Instagram that you actually had the opportunity to go to China, to the warehouse. What, what type of experience was that seeing your product in this capacity after you had drawn it on a piece of paper and you had seen it in in the cardboard form. What was your experience with that? So I went to the warehouse pre-COVID. It was a little over a year ago. Um, Between when we had the Kickstarter campaign and when we shipped to our backers. Mm -hmm. So I was basically going with product, the three guys, uh, to make sure like the last like look at the product before they did the mass production of about 10,000, 11,000 units that first time. So it was like me with the engineers and the other people that were, you know, creating it in the factory um, to make sure that nothing was wrong before they made a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had been sending over, you know, different versions and stuff like that. And I would make some comments and they would, but it's nothing like being there with them and like the quick turnaround of, you know, of feedback. So it was kind of weird to be like, all of these people are working on SwitchPod and they know the intricacies of it. And I've never met them before. Yeah. And I don't speak their language. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and like we had to have a translator and and then seeing all the people that it was also employing too. I mean, you could you could look at, um, you know, like made in the US and that sort of thing, but it's also like, we're also employing people in another country that have their own absolutely standard of living, their own lives and their own, you know, purpose of taking care of their family and and making Mm -hmm. their living. So um, I didn't get so caught up on the, like, we have to get it made in the U.S. Price was also a reason of why we haven't had it made in the U.S., but it was just crazy to take a step back and be like, all these people are working on this thing that was just this complaint that I was just complaining about the Gorillapod to my friend. And then down, you know, two years later, all these people are getting paid to to create it and yeah so it was a it was a weird experience yeah. when i took a step back and i wasn't just focused on like oh it's gotta do this or like the magnets aren't strong enough or whatever it mm-hmm. is uh, that we were like working on there so yeah. what is your right. what is your your creative background if you don't mind me asking like did you grow up um into the arts or video production or photography uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I had a couple video projects in like middle and high school that I really enjoyed doing. Um, and then when I was in college, I had two degrees. I had one in like creative arts telecommunications where I learned web design and video and audio and things like that at Michigan State. But I also had a business degree. So I actually got two bachelor's degrees. And this was between 2004 and 2008. And at that point, I mean, it was like YouTube had just started a year or two before Facebook had just started. There, there was not the amount of online video because there weren't tools to do it. You know, we were still shooting on physical tapes yeah. and then transferring those to the IMAX in the lab to do video editing and Final Cut 7 and stuff, as well as internet speeds weren't big. There was no iPhones. People weren't watching f- videos on their phone. Yeah. So back then, the like... 
ceiling of video was like you can go do TV or you can go to Hollywood. Right. Yeah. And all I had heard from anyone in either of those industries was how hard it was to break into it. <laughs> you know, what the slog was going to be of like work your way up. And I did, did, didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I actually went uh, after college and I followed my business degree and I went to work at the Boeing company for about three and a half years. And I got my MBA while I was there. And while I was there, I learned that I hated spreadsheets. And so <laughs> then I, I dove into more of the creative stuff again. And, and we got a Canon 60D when we got married in 2011. It could film video. And I just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. Okay. Um, and eventually started doing video and work, working on how to do video editing and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was a long journey to get back to one of my majors in college um, after you know going down the one that I thought would be safer. Right. Yeah. But I think it's an important step, right? Like I always believe Absolutely. in that, that you have to try things before you really know what you were made for. I, you know, in, in a weird way, that's, that's how I, I, I look at things. So actually that's kind of inspiring for, for me to hear because like I'm listening to your story and it's like, you know, you, just like you, I, I feel like when I was growing up, I didn't really know where I fit in, uh, in terms of like, where's my career going to go? What's my life going to look like five or 10 years from now? And, you know, I basically just started trying things out and it's nice to hear that, you know, you came from that same, you know, a very similar experience. And then you have actually something to show for, like, you know, years later, it's almost like um, a confirmation that you made the right choice. Right. So as a as a creative, as a creator, how does it feel to actually see a physical product? You know, I can take a picture and it, I can, you know, use Photoshop and put it up, put it up online. And I feel, you know, a, certain, a, a sense of pride for for that type of work. But as you were describing earlier, when you were in the in the factory and you can see people creating these like building these little little things that go on the product that you had in mind or in your vision, that must have I mean, maybe it's just for me, but that would have just like blown my mind. You know what I mean? I'll be like, what the heck is this real? So can you share a little bit more of you know, how that felt for you personally? Yeah, I think the. The dots always connect going backwards, but it's hard to, you know, plan what you're going to do going forwards. Um, so, you know, I, I majored in supply chain management, which is like logistics and product uh, manufacturing and shipping and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't use that stuff for however many years once I left Boeing because I was wor I was working for a blogger. I was doing video editing and all this stuff, but that background enabled me to understand the things that I needed to know to get a, a product made. And I didn't do all of it by myself. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest thing has just been asking for help, you know, asking for feedback on our prototypes, even though, you know, someone could have maybe stole our idea and ran with it. But honestly, nobody cares as much about your idea as you do. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I wasn't too worried about that. Um, you know, sharing prototypes, asking for a company to help us you know, figure out where to manufacture it, where to get the packaging made, that sort of thing. And then kind of just fake my way or force my way through the rest of it, like designing packaging. Sure, I took a packaging class in like 2006 or something like that <laughs> when I was in college, but, you know, I can force my way to figure out InDesign and resize the UPC code yes. and make sure I have the proper, you know, made in China thing on the box. So at the, it's at the border, you know, it doesn't get stopped. Mm -hmm. And so it's like all these different skills that I've developed between 
learning about business, running my own business, learning design and video. And like, it all kind of comes together. And what you said earlier about, you know, just like trying things, I would say that that's probably been the key to being able to build multiple businesses that, you know, can support my family at this point is just being willing to Google something you don't understand and learn how to do it. And, you know, you might not feel super productive or make a ton of progress in a day trying to learn a new skill, but I think having the trait of, I can figure out how to do this, that alone is one of the most powerful things you can have as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as someone that doesn't just want to work at a big company and and have bosses their entire Mm -hmm. life. Just being able to say, I can figure out how to do this. It's possible that I could somehow figure out how to do this. And if you really truly can't, then finding somebody to help you. I think that's that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Okay. That's that's really great. That's that's an awesome message because I feel like people look up to maybe for example, like I look at you and listen to your story, I'm like, look at Caleb, he's such a professional. Like I will never be like that. You know what I mean? And then and that's such a defeating um mindset it's it's almost like i'm putting a cap on myself just because i didn't know you know what how something works it's like i I just gave up like you know what i i'm not even gonna bother but like you said sometimes you just have to google it like when you were telling me about your your education and your experience with boeing i'm like it's it's like you're even becoming even more impossible to reach to me and then you you come back and you say you know, I basically just tried to figure things out myself. And I'm like, you know what? I can relate to that. And so I respect that. I respect that so much. And, you know, maybe just going back to like um, you as a company, as a brand in general, I feel like if people understand where you came from, why you created that product and how you got through there, you know, how you got through all the obstacles to actually um, come out in the end with a physical product that actually helps people, I think, you know, I mean, personally, I'm a fan already because not only is that product helping me create stuff and helping make my life easier, you know, I respect the work that went behind it. I respect the, the background, the idea and everything. And it's not just some some person who just said, you know, let's hire someone and, you know, just come up with this gimmick. It's not a gimmick. You know, I really don't think it's a gimmick. And you know, I'll be honest with you. When I first received the product, this was like what a, c- a couple months ago, right? Like a maybe a month or two ago, I think. Month, yeah, about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I said, "Oh, this is the SwitchPod." You know, I I know about this, but I've never really considered getting one because I the one thing in my head was like, I don't need it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need it. I'll make do with the little tripod that I have. Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> true story and then when you get it you can never go back exactly that's the true story <laughs> i never have it. going back i have it like here and what i actually did chelsea i bought like these little quick release i, I don't have it right now but um it's a quick li- release um almost like a I, I can't remember what it is but basically i don't so that i don't have to lock the camera in place and if if i have to put like a different camera on the on the switch pod i just click it on it on, on top like really fast because yeah. i love using that thing it's so easy to deploy all the time. Yeah. I was in the kitchen. I was just like playing with it. I'm like, look at my tripod. I was telling my wife and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, doesn't that look cool? And she's like, I don't understand what you're doing. You look, you look silly. But yeah, I do do love that. I'm like, my husband's name is James. I'm like, James. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, give me that. Let me see that. And then he's over there doing it. (laughs) 
<laughs> he loves it yeah, just I as mean, much as I do. <laughs> the, the opening and closing kind of fidget spinner right. thing that happens right. when people it get it is, is. is funny because like, yes, we thought about, okay, you, you want to be able to quickly open it and set it down and stuff like that. But like people just, they just do it as a Twitch. They just it like kind of do it for fun. Yeah. Um, and, and in like the initial videos, when we announced it, people were like, oh, it makes so much noise when you open and close it. And I was like, well, when you're filming, don't be like waving don't it around and like fidget. clanking it and stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah, you have to yeah. use common sense, It's right? just kind of for fun. Yeah. Um, so and that, that, favorite... was, that was part of where the name came from was mm -hmm. switching the modes, but also like a switch blade. I was going to say of that, like yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. Or like a switch comb if you were really cool <laughs> as a kid and you had like one of those combs that like flipped out. <laughs> Back I when I had have, hair, yeah. I didn't yeah. have one. Um, my favorite thing to do is like to spin it around too, because it has that nice like finger mm -hmm. thing where like when my camera's Just on like, it, I can yeah. slip it down. But obviously, when my camera's not on it, I like to <laughs> to twirl it around. Yeah, I, I try not to retweet too many of people doing like tricks with their camera <laughs> on a switch pod where they're like throwing it in the air. And Coney yeah, uh, Wanner or Wainer is someone that, yeah. that will do that. Mm -hmm. He'll mm -hmm. put his camera on the end and just like toss it. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, gives I, me anxiety. I, I, I don't terrible, condone yeah, that. No. Yeah. I have terrible luck with cameras. I've gone through so many. So I, I tried to be as gently as uh, gentle as I can. So do you, do you think SwitchPod has become a, you know, a household name in the content creator space? Have you, you think it's gotten there yet? Um, I think people know what it is. I, I mean, I could be open and transparent about like numbers and stuff like that to know you know, like how many we've sold or how many we've produced and things like that. I mean, we've only made a little over 20,000 of them. Really? And we still have a, a good bunch of a few thousand of those in stock right now. Um, and then we have some other accessories and stuff we've made since then. But I mean, when I heard that Gorillapods have made 10 million of them, mm. you know, they have the various sizes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But like that becomes more of a uh, a number to, to strive for to think yeah. like mm -hmm. this this right now is helping to provide for myself and pat and the product guys that we pay to manufacture this and the engineer and then the people in china that make it for us and like the warehouse guy in utah that ships them around and it's like what if we were making millions of these things right think of the ripple effect of how many lives that would affect of people not only buying the product and creating with it, but also having to make it and ship it and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, don't, I don't know about household mm -hmm. name, but I, I do feel like we're starting to kind of get out there even more organically now as, as more people find out about it and word of mouth is a big way it's, you know, people are finding out about it because we don't, right now we don't spend money on ads or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's all just kind of organic. organic it's people yeah. that yeah. hear a story or, see someone else using it and yeah. and pick one up i feel like That's um great. if it weren't for the for the pandemic basically pe more people will be out and actually using something like this you know what i mean like it because it, i mean it's so, it's just cool <laughs> like chelsea like, yeah i mean it's perfect for travel for sure yeah. um but we we did see kind of a resurgence of people just at home you know like wanting to film yeah. at home or go on hikes around their house and things like that but I mean, we definitely marketed it more as a, it's a travel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And people want to vlog when they go places and <laughs> experience things, not so much like the same day, yeah. every day yeah. at home. Um, I don't know. Some people do family vlogs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I could I could see how a pandemic happening right when, you know, within six months of us starting to right, launch yeah. or yeah. actually ship the product is not great. But I mean, for most businesses, unless you were like gym equipment um cleaning supplies or toilet paper you know, <laughs> you know 
it's it's been a tough time for your yeah. physical products. We so. have yeah. to get yeah. the switch pod to a point where, you know, if God forbid something like this happens again, that people will just stock up on it. <laughs> Instead of toilet paper, they switch I mean, you could you could put a toilet roll on it and you then yeah, attach it to your camera or something. Yeah. Yeah. So for for me personally, I mean, I got the switch pod during the pandemic, so I've only taken it outside of the house once, and I went on. It was I had broken my laptop, and I was just like physically upset, and I was trying to work on my husband's slow computers, and it was just like, you know, like when you're trying to work on something, it's just not working for you, so you just like painful almost so I was like you know screw this I'm getting out of the house so I took my camera and the switch pod and I was I never released this footage but I was literally just holding the camera and talking while I was walking and taking photos and I had several people like whoa what is that you have there and I'm like it's a switch pod like swipe up in my link no I'm <laughs> yeah I did have several and they're people like what what link we're in person <laughs> yeah. what are you talking are you about, talking about? That? <laughs> you're like I don't know it's quarantine I don't know how to talk to anybody <laughs> yeah exactly but people were definitely interested so that was really cool and that, like, that's the I, thing too like for whoever is listening to this right now um if you have not seen a switch pod before it's it's not just a a tripod that you you know that it opens up when you close it when when it's in the what do you call this like the handle mode it's yeah we call it handheld or handle mode okay yeah, yeah. it's it's shaped in a way where it makes it so much easier to vlog because it's like yeah. it's angled outwards like away from you so it gives you a little bit of, um, it makes your lens a little bit wider. It's just much, much easier. And it's one of those sure. things that I was so frustrated with, you know, the gorilla pod, like, you know, originally, because yeah, you, you kind of feel like a kid when you're trying to make the little shapes just so you can, <laughs> you can hold the tripod Michael. right in front of you. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Probably just yeah, I mean, Probably that was something we really focused on early on was like, what's the, what's the shape we want? Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I remember sending and Googling for and then sending a bunch of like um, hand grips for like golf clubs or baseball bats or hammers or like uh, like a wa the end of a water hose spray thing that had like that ergonomic groove on right. the fingers, mm -hmm. you know, so you like had a good spot to hold it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we figure out like, okay, what's the, how far away do you need the camera to get? Well, what kind of angle do you want on your wrist? And like, so a lot of those, things went into the, the shape of it the so like a lot of the thought process was just iteration right you know, there's probably nine or ten different shapes and sizes and stuff like that from the original cardboard one to the, the one that you have when, so when you found uh, when you guys yeah. settled on the design like the final product did you ever think that it was going to look like that like from your initial thought your initial idea um not exactly. Like I had no idea that it would have holes cut out of it mm -hmm. so that it was lighter weight. Yes. Um, I, I didn't know that it would kind of look like a, like from War of the Worlds, like those aliens oh, that have like, yeah. the legs that walk around. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I didn't know for sure. Um, I mean, some of our early drawings were, we so we actually called it the Cobra Pod for a bit. That was like our internal name. Mm -hmm. We thought the legs would still bend, would just be like stronger. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, I don't know, it had like more of like a snake shape, like an mm -hmm. like an S. Um, but you know, I didn't I didn't think that I had no idea really what I was, was doing either. Yeah. And the engineer would just kind of <laughs> run with our ideas of what we would explain. So yeah. you know, I I can't take all the credit for that. That was definitely Cole 
uh, our, our engineer who came up with the shapes. That That's really cool. Do you so how did you guys, I'm sorry, I have to ask, how did you guys come up? So the way you attach the camera, it just goes directly on. You don't, I know you have like the ball head that you can use as well, but my mm -hmm. favorite thing about the SwitchPod is being able to just take my camera and not have any other attachment and just directly on to the, the SwitchPod. How did you guys come up with that? Because it has the knob that you just twist right on and that's all you have to do. You don't have to fling the thing around to get it on there. How did that come about? I mean, that that came originally from just speed. We wanted speed. We wanted to be able to put your camera on it really quick. Um, and so, you know, we had the, we want the three legs to become the handle. We want to be able to attach your camera quickly. And that was just something our engineer kind of thought of. It was, it was a really tiny knob to start, but I was like, we need to make this thing like really easy to turn, like really smooth, big grooves on it, be able to like crank it down on your camera so you know that your camera is not going to pop off. Yeah. Um, so it, it added a bunch of engineering complications cause you know, the knob is metal all the way through to the screw that your camera is on. It's one solid piece. Okay. Um, so like there, there were engineering complications with that, but you know, once you start iterating on a product and you're like, no, it needs to be fast. So like, how can it be fast? Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people also like quick release plates, like Michael, you're yes. talking about probably putting mm -hmm. Arca Swiss plates on stuff and so now that we have enough ball heads out in the market and people are adding their own plates, like maybe that's a, a thing that we change. But mm -hmm. it really came down to we wanted speed and then getting feedback from people of trying it and being like, this knob is like too hard to turn. Right. And so I we made it, it better. Right. It's my favorite thing. That was it's actually going to be my next question. Basically, since you, you've gotten probably a significant amount of feedback from people, are, um, are you guys starting to think of like a, a version two? You know, maybe not soon, but at least you know, trying to think of like a, a, a better iteration of the current um, SwitchPod. I mean, we've currently been taking more of a iterative, just like make it better each time we order a new batch from the factory mm -hmm. approach. So, you know, like there aren't really 2017, 2018, 2019 Teslas. It's just like, this is the new one that they start shipping. Right. You know, mm -hmm. there's the three, there's the Y, there's the X and the S. Um, and so that's kind of what we've been trying to do where it's like, okay, the rubber feet, like on the first batch, maybe they popped off a little too easily. Let's recess them a little bit, use a stronger glue, maybe change the material. So like kind of each batch that we order from the factory, whether that's 5,000 or 10,000 or however much, mm -hmm. we try to make little changes to make things better, make that screw more durable, make the feet a little more durable, mm -hmm. maybe make the magnets on the bottom a little stronger, which is something we're kind of playing with right now because some people, don't want the legs to open as easily. And so, you know, there's like a fine line with all the different little design decisions that we've made, mm -hmm. but ship thousands of them out around the world, people will tell you what works and what they don't like. Right. And they'll mod them out themselves and they'll True. they'll do custom things. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely something that we are always thinking about, okay, what could a, a brand new version of this look like? But we're also continually selling them and continually ordering more. So we want each new batch to be as good as possible okay. as opposed to just like a big, a big jump to like right. switch pod two or what have mm -hmm. you. I'm going to try That's to, cool. I like that. I'm going to try to appeal to you to the creator side of you, right? Like the, the more creative side, but how does it make you feel when you see someone using your product? Like when, have you ever experienced like you were outside and you see someone using the switch pod? Like how does it make you feel inside? Like you can be as, selfish as you want to describe it but you know i'm yeah. just really curious 
I mean, it hasn't happened that much in person because we literally started shipping and then my daughter was born and she had colic and then we have oh. had the pandemic. Oh, no. So I haven't seen, I've seen two in the wild, I would say, mm-hmm. but that's also like the last eight months, we're not supposed to go anywhere, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. uh, but, but when I've, when I've gone to conferences and things like that, mm-hmm. or I, I know that it's bigger than me because people don't know who I am mm-hmm. and buy SwitchPod or they'll see it on B&H or Adorama or Amazon or Moment or wherever else they're ordering it, or we're in some international stores. And, you know, uh, initially I had no idea how big this would be. Pat and I didn't have any idea. We thought between his audience and my audience, we could, you know, sell enough to, to get the Kickstarter campaign to the point where we could make the first batch and just kind of see what happened. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously getting help from other friends and influencers and media outlets to get the Kickstarter campaign a little bigger, mm-hmm. you know, it, it already surpassed, you know, my personal brand and people who know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the funniest part to me has been when, you know, like family members and friends bought it on the Kickstarter campaign, like people that I knew growing up just kind of support me. You're like, oh, that's cool. And then during the pandemic, they've started using it and they'll reach out to me again and be like, this thing is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like, you mean you didn't use it until there was a, and I'm just giving them a hard that's time. Funny, but yeah, yeah. but yeah that, that sort of thing of like friends and family that have come out of the woodwork. Yes. That I haven't talked to in a while yeah. bought a switch pod and they're using yeah. it. That's yeah. that's kind of that the funnest is part. really cool. That is cool. I like that. I bet you you've also experienced yeah. it like as a creative. You know when you probably when you started your video production company, people would probably think, yeah, it's probably just like a, a uh, what do you call this? Like a little thing that he just needs to get out of his system. You know what I mean? And <sighs> to see something like actually come out of it, that's a you know I'll just say it. It's satisfying, right? For people to actually acknowledge it, like. You did make something really nice, and you know, good job. So that, that's awesome. I just wanted and to having that. having that that public facing number on Kickstarter too of like this many people and this yeah. much money was raised. Mm-hmm. Like that that was something that gave the product validation for other people to also want to pre order it. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I think just product validation in general is a is a really good idea, whether it's a digital or a physical thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad there are platforms like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and things like that where you can. You know, say I actually do need this much money to to get the molds made to make my physical product or to fundraise to make my film or whatever it is. And you know, those types of tools also weren't available just ten years yeah, ago ten either. Years ago. So yeah. there are a lot of things that are available for creators to figure out how to fundraise, figure out how to how to get their project out there. And I'll say yeah. this. I think the SwitchPod, honestly, is one of those tools that you know, people probably look back and say, you know, back then we didn't have a switch pod. It was so frustrating to use this, like this little thingy-majiggy that I have to wrap around my hand. And, you know what I mean? I think, uh, I think it's a really cool product. And I hope, hopefully next year, when things get a little bit better, that we'll see more out, you know, outside. And I definitely do want to see it. And I'll be like, you know what? I did talk to that guy who made that, you know? I know that and I'm going to start name-dropping Caleb. <laughs> like, who now? Caleb. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I was look, I was looking forward to going to VidCon this year, or other conferences, and like seeing people using it yeah. and being like, oh, what is that? And like, see if they know who I am. Um, <laughs> that awesome. that was going to be my like ego thing yeah. of yeah. like, okay, this is big, this is bigger than me, and it's cool. Yeah. Like, I, that's fine. Like, I don't. Yeah, you know, that's cool. Not everyone that, that buys an Apple computer needs to know who Steve Jobs right. and Steve Wozniak were. You know, like yeah. that sort of thing. I love that because I'm so that person. Like I would see my product, be like, "Oh, what, what do you, what you got there?" You know, <laughs> I have no out. clue who I am. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, yeah. Caleb. Well, 
I think um I think uh, before we wrap this whole thing up, I wanted to ask you like a little bit more of like a creative question. We we kind of de- do this to most of our guests, I'd say. Um, and this the thing that I was been I've been thinking about is let's pretend that you didn't make the switch pod, right? Like maybe you weren't you weren't thinking of uh, or no not not that you didn't make it, but you're not allowed to make that. What do you think you'd be making? But you have to invent something. And it can be as ridiculous as you want, but I just wanted to see what you were what you might have in mind. I mean, I have a bunch of random ideas uh with my wife all the time now cuz like I before I just I would just complain. Like I would just be like, "Oh, that 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 doesn't make sense to me. Like why can I not turn on this left-hand red arrow at the stoplight. Like, I can see if a car is coming. Like, let me that. judge, like, if I can turn in front of this, this oncoming traffic. So um, like that. So I would just complain about things in the world. And now I have, like, I can be like, well, Jen, Jen's my wife. I can be like, oh, well, I am an inventor now. <laughs> and so, coming. like, this is, this is what I would it. invent. And so, actually, one today was um, <laughs> she she sets kitchen timers with, like, our microwave and her phone and like a like okay google like set a timer for this much time and then they go off and she doesn't know what they're for or like she like they're going off at different times because she she likes to bake and cook and so i was like okay here's my timer invention idea and someone can steal this because i'm not going to do it (laughs) i want like four or five timers on like a thing it could just be like an iphone app and then next to the timer i just want to be able to set an emoji like this is for bread or this is for soup or this That's is for cool. cookies or whatever like that would be the timer like the cooking timer that you need i love that and you wouldn't because you it's don't want to like have to type good. what it's for right yeah easier fast efficient know. yeah yeah You're i mean like some inventor. of the tenets of of switchbot <laughs> of just like reducing the friction of like oh this is really annoying or this is frustrating and i it. feel like yeah the the best products come from that not from Absolutely. inventing a a problem like you there said. you go i love that that's see that's awesome. that's the, the creative side of caleb that you know Absolutely. i love that that's awesome hopefully yeah. that app already exists and i can just download it <laughs> yeah. maybe my somebody wife, will let us know if you guys are listening yeah. and you you're like oh that totally exists like let us know caleb needs that at his house yeah so. oh yeah that's emoji cook timer yeah they just rattle it off yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it's awesome good. well caleb um i just first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for finding the time to to sit with Absolutely. us virtually. We're honored, yeah. for sure. And you know, us being content creators, like we feel like we're talking to uh, the like someone much, much, much bigger than us. You know, because you have actually made a physical product that people like us use. And so, before we end this this, uh, this episode, can you share with everyone where they can find maybe your um, obviously the SwitchPod and also maybe your social media links if you wanted to share that. Yeah, so you can find out more about SwitchPod at switchpod.co. Um, that's the best place to see our website and check out the products. Um, we're also available in a lot of online camera and other kind of tech retailers as well. And uh, for social, I'm most active on, I would say, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'm Caleb Wojcik on all of those platforms. Uh, last name is W-O-J-C-I-K. And like, like I said to you guys, I, I'm like a sporadic creator, so I'll like put out a bunch of content and then I won't for a while because I'm like working on my other businesses or working on SwitchBot or things like that. But I'm always I'm always on those platforms and and that's where I'm lurking and seeing your guys's beautiful desk setups encouraging me to awesome. to make mine look a little better. So hopefully I'll be sharing some of those photos soon because I've been 
I've been in the quarantine rabbit hole of just setting up my studio yeah. and now I need to kind of share it because I get a lot of value seeing other people's setups, mm -hmm. their computers, their, how they're filming. Like I'm the, I'm the guy that buys the Blu-ray so I can watch the behind the scenes on the movie and not <laughs> I just miss that. the movie. They don't yeah. do that anymore. You notice that with like movies? Do I'm they like, not? Well, I don't know. Like I just remember when I was a kid, like the first, when DVDs were like a thing, um, it feels like the you get a lot more of like the special features built in, but now it's just like yeah. If you buy a digital movie now, rarely does it come no, with yeah. the features. Kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah. yeah, I missed that part. I've not bought a DVD or a Blu-ray in so long. It's just because my husband, when we got married, he had so many, and it would literally like pain me to see all of his boxes that he had <laughs> lined in his apartment. I'm like, these have to go. You need to figure out something like digitally that you can put these on, and he did. He figured it out. But now we just buy everything like for the kids through iTunes because it's just better Speaking easier of, but yeah we we had a bunch of my wife had a bunch of movies I had a bunch of movies and I got like one of the the biggest DVD blu-ray cases you could get and I still have that uh -huh. but there will be movies like Christmas movies for example that we watch every year mm -hmm. and she'll want to just like open it on Netflix and start watching and I'm like <laughs> yeah. but we have the blu-ray of it it's higher quality and she's like but I am lazier and I'm going to watch <laughs> it on Netflix and that's like the the balance of you know of, of marriage, of marriage you yes. say. Or, or like someone like me of like who's very techie and she's like no i'm just gonna like watch it on netflix and i'm like yeah. okay fine i'm i'm the same as your wife like i already have it i rebought it on itunes and my husband's standing there with the dvds like mm. <laughs> he's like you rebought it i have it here <laughs> by the way if you guys haven't checked it out yet on netflix right now there's a a feature i can't remember exactly the title but it talks about elf the movie elf and how it, it, you know, the whole production behind it, it was really interesting. That movie had a lot of problems before it actually, you know, got out there. So it's really cool. I, I just saw. It I heard there's night. a Netflix series that it's like how the Christmas movies that like are classic were made. Oh, is that I don't know if that's that it because I know it was just like it, it was just one episode that I saw, or if it was an actual mm -hmm. movie, I wasn't really sure. But it, it just tackled Elf, so it could have been a series. But I just saw that one episode because. My daughter was like running around while I was trying to watch, but it's really, really interesting. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think that like if you watch it and you listen to it, you wouldn't think that it would become a classic that it is now, you know, like they didn't believe that it was going to be this uh, successful, I guess. It's I thought it was just really interesting because we started talking about special features and stuff because I'm kind of into that thing as well. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, Do we miss anything, Chelsea? I don't think so. Yeah. I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> Caleb, right. we greatly appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with us. And I know our listeners will have gathered lots of valuable content from this because I know I have and Michael probably has as well. So, Michael, unless you have anything else, we will go ahead and let Caleb move on with his life. Yeah, and get back to his, his family. <laughs> you know, let's, yes. let's let him go. <laughs> okay. That's it, yeah. Thank you guys yeah. so much for hanging out with your favorite coffee and pizza crew. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure to leave us a review. Michael likes to obsess over those and read them. Be sure to hit some stars, rate us, and that's it. We'll see you guys in the next one. Uh, this is Chelsea this signing is, off. And this is Michael. <laughs> Bye. Chelsea. Michael, you forked the end, or did I? <laughs> you forgot about me. <laughs> <laughs>